Hi everyone, it's Mark here. It's been a while. This is an in-between special bonus episode. Um, weird times, right? Strange times. And it's weird because I, I hesitated to release this episode. And the, the reason being is I recorded this episode back in March, like early March, before all of this crazy stuff kicked off. And it, and it almost felt inappropriate for me to release this episode because it was a celebration of the last five years of the podcast, but more importantly, the, the year 2019 to 2020. And, and I hesitate. And the reason being is I wanted to be sensitive to what's happening. And, and here's what I came up with. What I realized is that um, this is actually a celebration of you. You who've been tuning in to this podcast, maybe every week, maybe once in a while, maybe over the last few years, you cheered me on when I fell a bit down or I wasn't releasing as many episodes and you reach out saying, hey, how are you, where you've been, missing the podcast. Those of you who've shared this podcast with your friends and family, colleagues, those of you who helped me get some amazing guests on the show, and this is really a celebration for you because I think what can happen, and I've seen this with people I've worked with, I've seen this with friends, is that we can be quite poor at celebrating the small, important steps. And I want to celebrate this moment with you. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to record a separate episode completely, entirely, to cover the situation of COVID-19. And and uh, and I'm going to try and do like a more of a regular Q&A so that you can send me questions and I can jump in here and answer your questions. I just came off uh, a podcast with the Mindset Horizon table who just interviewed me and got me in that mindset pretty pumped. Um, but I want to release this episode. I want to share it with you. So just be mindful that this is going to sound a bit almost weird because it's completely out of sync with what's happening right now it's because when i recorded it it wasn't going down like we were still roaming around proud and free um so back to is the short version of this recording this in my bedroom with the kids screaming in the background you know struggle is real but i'll jump a bit more about that later on so wanted to say i appreciate you thank you for everything you've done i hope you enjoyed today's episode it's called state of the union 2020 and it really came from the inspiration of addressing uh, the people who uh, have elected me, which effectively you've chosen with your attention, with your time to choose this podcast. And I appreciate you. Um, and I hope that you appreciate and celebrate the little steps that we've achieved this year as well. So I'll be back with another episode. But for the time being, here's your episode on the State of the Union 2020 by yours truly. I'll see you soon. Hi, and welcome back to the Unconventionalist Podcast. I'm your host, Mark DeRoost, and this is the show about what it's really like to turn your message into a movement. And today's episode is going to be slightly different than any other episode. Uh, And really, it's been inspired by Paul Jarvis, a previous guest who came on the show. And he sends out a newsletter, and I really recommend if you haven't signed up to it. It's it's packed of actually just valuable stuff. Um, But uh, King of the Ops, Riley McGee, forwarded on to this email to me and he called the state of the union and it was kind of like almost this you know address of the year reflecting back on the year and it inspired me and I thought I'd love to do something quite similar with um with a podcast and and it and it's been in collaboration also with some uh, other people who kind of nudged me towards that direction last year I worked for a while with a business mentor called um, James Eder who started student beans and grew it into what it is today and he sent me out an email towards the end of the year uh, kind of going hey it's time to reflect back on the year you know what are the things that you're proud of the achievements what do you reflect on what some of the mistakes what have you learned and also um uh, my public speaking mentor uh eric who uh met up with grant baldwin recently and they were kind of discussing around the importance of taking the time to reflect on the year look ahead and get your vision clear and all that kind of stuff so um, so I thought I'd do something unusual, which I haven't done uh, on the podcast, I think in almost four and a half years. It's going to be f- actually, it's five years almost to the day that I recorded the very first episode of the podcast um, that ended up being released, I believe, in July 2015. And I've got a bit of help here. I've made a few notes. So bear with me. It's going to be slightly different than usual. It's going to be me jumping behind the mic for once as opposed to to having a guest um, also wanted to give you a bit of an insight into what's happening, what's going on. 
because it's been a while since I sat here. I mean, we're March 2020 at the time of recording this. And um, I became a dad again, like since I sat in the studio and recorded the last episode with Letty Galvez. Um, where's Letty Galdon? Just forgot now. <laughs> anyway, the last time I sat in this episode for episode 140, um, I hadn't become a dad yet for a second time. So I became a dad for a second time, which you can see from my gray beard and my slightly tied eyes and my, my thinning and losing hair. <laughs> and if you're listening to this in the audio, you'll have to go on YouTube to check it out. Um, but it, it that has been a whole chapter in itself that I want to dedicate some time on speaking about today. And the other thing I want to mention is that I, I postponed and postponed and postponed recording this. In fact, I was supposed to do this in January and I just couldn't sum up courage to sit down and I just felt like I needed to have everything figured out and I needed to have the perfect beard trim all that stuff and I just decided this morning I woke up and you know kind of exhausted from the week we've had with the kids at home and I just thought today's the day I'm going to record this and I just came back and set up the whole shop like it used to be with guests and it felt quite good because it's been a few months so um, a few things I'm going to start off with I'm going to kick off with reflecting and looking back on the podcast because this year is going to be the fifth anniversary of the unconventionalist podcast and we reached 140 episodes so 140 episodes means that i've interviewed over 120 i think or 110 different guests representing 23 different nationalities which i thought was pretty cool i'm going to geek out on a few data and stats right now also because one of the things uh, we did last year which i'll talk about a bit more um, we finally got a first official sponsor on the show uh, vivo life who've been amazing and so i had to create a pitch deck when I introduced the show. And so I managed to get a few data and, and, and stats around that, which is pretty cool. Um, so all these episodes, 140 episodes, represents roughly 6,500 minutes of powerful conversations and topics, which I think is pretty cool. Now, here's, here's an interesting thing that happened, right? So at one point, I remember someone telling me, oh, you should get more women guests. And I kind of looked at the whole stats and, and I saw that over the last five years, 66% of my guests were men and 34% of my guests were women. But what happened is that two seasons ago, from season 13, I made a conscious and proactive decision to have a 50-50 ratio of women to men guests on the podcast. So if you go back to season 13 and season 14, which were the last two seasons, you'll actually notice that there are equal amount of, of women and men on the show uh, representing both. So that I'm, I'm proud of because I think it's one of those things that it's so easy for me to you know, read only books from men, listen to podcasts only from men, interview only men. And, and look, I resonate with that audience because I identify myself in that. I have similar struggles. Some thought, but actually, when it turns out to human-to-human -human conversations, we're, we're all the same and we can connect with one another. So I'm grateful for the person. I forgot who told me that, who asked me that, but, but I appreciate that because that, that was a big, big, big thing. Um, if you're interested in terms of the audience breakdown of the show over the last five years, we're looking at about 51% men and 49% women, which I didn't, I didn't know. And, and like a primary audience, that's not surprising, the UK. Uh, over 40 percent uh, USA just USA just under 30 percent and then Australia and Canada make up third third place um, one of the things I wanted to share with you is actually the history and the background of the podcast you might not know this but the very first episode I recorded on the couch of my ex-girlfriend in Edinburgh literally five years almost to the day uh, and I was originally supposed to record uh, an episode uh, interview with Anna McNuff um, who strangely was part of this uh, bizarre inspired 50 uh, people who I, I was part of. I'd been invited to join this Inspired 50 group who was supposed to be the most inspiring people in London and on adventures. And, and when I went to that event and my family came and friends came, I felt totally out of, out of like a duck out of water, I guess. Um, it was just strange. I just thought, why am I here? Like I, I haven't climbed some mountain. I haven't skateboarded across the trade. I haven't pogoed across Togo. Um, but anyway, so Anna, Anna was inc incredible and she kind of uh, Skype called in from New Zealand because she was running across New Zealand. And so I wanted to interview her, but she couldn't find a reliable Internet um, source. So she basically emailed me pretty much last minute. It was like, I'm really sorry, I can't do our interview, but I have a friend who would be great. His name's Ed Hewitt. And he quit his job to go off to walk from um, Bangkok to Birmingham by foot uh, and using, you know, on any kind of public transport. Um and so I thought that was pretty incredible. And, and he was my first guest. And it, it's really funny because if you go back to episode one, you'll actually hear me say, you know, welcome to the first episode of the yet to be named podcast because I didn't have a name. Um, so if you listen to this and you're waiting for a name to hit you to start a podcast or start any creative project, don't because sometimes names come, you know, after that we actually start. 
Um, so since we've launched, so we launched on the 13th of July, 2015 on iTunes, and we've now reached 137,254 downloads to date across 100 different countries. Now, that's the one thing I find extraordinary about podcasting and just YouTube and whatever medium you're putting a message out there is the amount of countries you can reach to. I mean, that's nuts to think that this podcast is being broadcast and shared in, in over 100 countries. Uh, it, it never fails to amaze me, and I, and I generally mean that. Um, in terms of growth, we saw a 105% growth in podcast downloads from 2018 to 2019 and a 729% growth in our YouTube subscribers. Oh, yeah, something I need to mention about the, the breakdown of the 137,000 plus downloads. You're looking at about roughly 70% uh, of those come from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or that kind of stuff, uh, which is just over like 100,000. And then you're looking at about 30% coming from YouTube views. So that's kind of how we, we've broken down the, the downloads. Um, but 2019 was a huge year for us because it represented 35% of all our downloads to date, which is which is pretty mad. Um, I've been asked regularly, like, what is the most downloaded episode of all time? <laughs> it's just so, so weird, random. But it's episode number 60 right now, How to Become the Highest Paid Life Coach with Michael Sower. And it's closely followed by episode 121 on how to live a more meaningful life with Colin Wright. Uh, maybe by now, by the time of recording this, maybe episode 121 has actually become the most uh, downloaded audio. The most watched episode on YouTube episode is number 96, How to Start a Business with Daniel Priestley. That's over on YouTube, um, has the most viewed, and is followed by episode number 66 with Chris Guillebeau called How to Start a Side Hustle. And, you know, it's no secret by now, but one of the most cited favorite guests of all time is David Baker. He's the only guest that's come on the show four times. Uh, so if you haven't checked out any of his episodes, go and, and, and listen to him. He's a fascinating individual. Uh, but I wanted to share with you some of the highlights of 2019 because one of the things um, that I'm not good at, and maybe you can you can resonate with that, I'm not good at taking the time to pause and reflect on what I've achieved today and what are some of the successes or milestones or events that have shaped that year and that I can look back and be proud of. Now, just full transparency, I keep a um, journal, uh, which I've been on and off with it, but I kind of keep a journal where I write down kind of what are my objectives for the week, and then I look at for the day, and then I look back and kind of what are the wins of the week. And so that enables me to then look back at my year, or look back at a period of time and actually get concrete data on, on what I did achieve. Because I think we're terrible at reminding ourselves of everything we've done. And if you're like me, like type A personality, always got a thousand things going on you're probably so focused on the next step, on on what you still haven't achieved, what there still needs to be done. And I think there's something good, and I put air quotes on that, good around striving and wanting more and wanting to become better. And, you know, and I think there's a cost of not taking the time to pause and reflect and appreciate. And I'm guilty of that. And, I, and, and if you are, then I really think that this exercise is amazing. You basically just sit down at any point in time. You could do it now. You could do it and by the way, one of the reasons why I'm actually doing this now is because my financial year of my business runs from April to April. So we're coming to the end of my financial year of my fourth year. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I, I, I launched my business in 2016. So we're going to be coming to the four-year mark. So it was also a nice way for me to reflect back and looking back in the number. I'm going to share some stuff, which for me, I was actually quite surprised. Um, but so some of the key kind of successes that, and celebrations and wins of 2019 that I want to go for, and, and I'll get into my... My, my my kid uh, in a second or in a minute. But uh, so we started broadcasting on YouTube. This has been something that I've been holding off for a long time of wanting to have a weekly show on YouTube because one of my dreams uh, was to, to host my own talk show. Like, you know, I had this and I still have this fantasy, I guess, of, you know, being on TV or having this popular online YouTube web TV show interviewing the amazing guests I have and sharing their stories with you and, and helping you get a roadmap and insp inspiration and courage to go and after and, and do what you want and also to feel like you're enough and, and loved and all those things. Um, and I remember I got challenged um, on this, like a short story around this is I was leading a workshop and I was demonstrating an exercise and I was being the guinea pig uh, client in, the, in this exercise. And I remember um, my client, uh, my, my coach actually, um, who challenged me and who basically uh, said, when I said one of my dreams is to do this show, but I'm, I haven't done it yet, I'm, it costs a lot of money and all this stuff. And she said, well, why don't you just use your phone and film? And I remember being in front of the whole room and just kind of feeling a bit silly and going, yeah, I guess you're right, I'm going to commit to that. And so I've been 
everything that you're seeing now is just using smartphone, iPhone, actually. Um, the whole season 13, season 14 of the show has been filmed on, on old iPhones. Um, so, so it just goes to show that, you know, this excuse that we have of like, we don't have enough kit is not true. So we've been broadcasting that pretty much every week since episode 114 on and off, um, which has been really cool. And, and we will see if, you, if you're not watching this yet on YouTube, but you are active on YouTube, please go and check it out. Subscribe really means a lot. And if you listen and watching this on YouTube, then then thank you. Pretty appreciate that. Um, another thing that was really cool, we did a guest host last year. That was the first time I did that. I invited uh, Philip McKernan who was one of my favorite guests uh, who came on the show back in 2016, I think it was, episode 44, where he talked about some incredible stories. He even teared up on the show. It was quite moving. And so when when, he, when I found out that he was coming out with a book called One Last Talk, I said to him, I said, look, I'm, I want to support. What can I do? And I, we had different ideas come on back on the show and he was in London and we could have done that. And I said, look, I've got a crazy idea. How about you actually host the show? Um, how about you actually take over the reins and host a whole episode as if you were the guest host of the unconventionalist and so we did that that was a first and you can go and check it out it's really cool so that was like a first we tried something new um the big thing and i've got to i've got to credit james eder for this my, my business mentor last year because he pushed me hard on this around i hadn't i hadn't opened up the gates and i hadn't reached out to people to become official sponsors of the show now there's multiple reasons around this like my rational argument around this is i I didn't feel it was the right time. I wanted to do my own thing. But if I'm really honest and I, and I dig a little bit deeper, I think there was the fear of rejection. I was afraid of getting no's, of the fear of not looking good, of, of not being accepted and all that stuff that you might resonate with too. And so I'd been pushing it off, but he kind of you know pushed me on this. is like, hey, just have conversations. And I started having conversations and they're reproductive and people were really responsive and created that pitch deck I mentioned earlier. And when, once you start doing that, once you start putting your, whether that's, you know, your, your podcast or your business and you start putting it in, in a deck, you start realizing actually what value you bring and, and just how much you've done in the short amount of time you have. It's amazing. Now, here's, here's the pitfall to watch out for, which I fall victim of on a regular basis and still to this day. And that is, you know, analysis paralysis and comparison, comparison to others. Um I think you can go too much down the like it needs to be perfect like perfection and you analyze every single bit but the worst and most dangerous is when i look at my numbers and I look at my show I look at my impact and I look at other people i follow and who i know and i'm going oh my god i'm not even you know forget about a tenth like so far away from where they are and then i go into the, like i'm a loser i'm not good enough and this is crap and what's what's the point and all this stuff so if you can hold that off for a second and actually just remind yourself of everything you've done that exercise we just talked about previously is really helpful and so what was amazing is that um, we managed to, actually, I managed to find a sponsor who I genuinely love. Like I used their products before I came on the show, um, before I brought them on the show in this Vivo Life. If you've been listening or watching season 14, then you'll know about them already. Uh, I also got Josh Bowling on the show, the, the co-founder. And it was really great to actually find a partner who you really believe. And it's, you know what, you know what my, my criteria now to invite podcast sponsors on the show and and what i really call partners is would i invest in that company or when i was back an employee would i have gone and worked for them and believe in that mission that's kind of my criteria like if i'm not excited to the point of wanting to become a silent partner in your company or become a co-founder or wanting to invest in your company then we're not a good fit and the reason being is that i need to believe in in the people i bring in because ultimately it's my name and my brand and the podcast on the line and, it's, and, it, and it affects you. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much for the support. Like all of you who've gone out to Vivo, Vivo Life um, and bought a product using you know my link and using my discount code Mark. You can use that still to get 10% of your first order. But the reason why I'm saying this is, you know, Josh sent me back a report and they were super happy with the partnership. It was their first partnership. They were quite afraid about it. He did a lovely little kind of testimonial. It's gone back in the deck now for the next round. And, you know, they gained over 70 new customers and they generated thousands of pounds of sales. And they were just gen super happy. Like I jumped on the call with them and they said, you know, what can we do next? How can we continue to flourish this and grow? And that was my biggest fear, if I'm honest with you, again, and if you've been listening to the show and watching this for a while, then you'll know. I was afraid that it was, it's so silly, right? Like I was had this fear of what if I can't deliver any value? What if I sell this sponsorship deal? And it turns out that, 
I can't deliver an, an eighth of what I thought I could and they're disappointed and again all that stuff and again credit to my my business mentor James you, you know it's like forget about having this you know envy to, to have millions and millions of downloads to be able to impact millions and millions of people you've got a core niche audience and you've got a great product and a great podcast that you've been putting out with your heart sweat and tears and and people get value from that. If anything, just by brand association, forget about just setting products and getting getting your customers, just by brand association. That was really helpful for me. So, you know, I guess the message for you around here is you, you're probably worth way more than you think you are and you're probably bringing way more value than you, like, recognize. And I know you sometimes lack of perspective because I lack of perspective and you need someone to kind of tell you that, remind you that. So let me remind you that right now. You are sitting on a mountain of worth of values, Daniel Priest often says, and, and you need to get out of your way so you can let people to, to come and help you out. Um, oh yeah, that was really cool. Uh, we were featured in a book uh, called The Entrepreneurial Myth by Louise Nicholson, who was also a guest who came on season 14. Um, and it was very cool, episode 136, by the way. But it was really cool to see the Unconventionalist podcast name, name mentioned in a book, like in a proper published book. That felt, that felt pretty grown up. Um, we also organized a competition which was really fun, challenging. I would do things very differently next time, um, but really cool. Like just generated a bunch of ratings and reviews on the show. So thank you so much for those of you who jumped in that competition. I'm always surprised at how few, how little, I don't know what the name is, word is, people actually join and jump in competition thinking they're probably not going to win. Um, I'm always surprised by that, but there were some really cool prizes. So really big shout out to all the, the, the sponsors and people who jumped in to kind of donate some of their really good, cool goodies. Um, and I think if I look back, actually, you know, what, I, what I'm most proud of is having managed to continue the conversations going, even when I didn't feel like it. You know, I think towards season 13, season 14, I kind of committed to a religious routine with the podcast, especially season 14. I've got to wholeheartedly thank the entire team behind this podcast. I think what you don't realize is this show, you know, it's, it's not an island. Uh, you know Andrew Miller who's the video editor that's been turning all these videos into magic um, over the last couple of seasons um, Joe Bradshaw who's uh, been taking care of all the um, copywriting of of the episode season 14 uh, Riley McGee the ops uh, king of the ops has been setting it all up so he can run smoothly and the reason why I'm mentioning this for me what, what was the most amazing thing that happened last year is that I was able to I was able to go on paternity leave, uh, knowing that this ship was going to continue to sail without me, and that was both strange and amazing. You know, building a team to the point where you can remove yourself and you know they've got your back, and and Riley stepped up and basically uh, took over and did an amazing job. And I remember being in the delivery room waiting for our son to be born and i could just message riley saying thank you so much for taking over and you know i'm gonna be out for a little while and the episodes kept kept coming out and that was something that was truly amazing um and look i'm, I'm amazed at all the conversations i've had i couldn't cite like i often get asked like what's your favorite guest that I don't necessarily have a favorite guest. I really don't. I think in every conversation I meet with someone, I'll always learn something. I think a few people will stand out for some reason or next because maybe at that point in time when I had a conversation with them, the topic we talked about was really relevant or, you know, something landed in, in me. Um, but what I, what I want to do say, though, um, because I have been burned in the past. Burn's a bit of a big word, but maybe disappointed, and that's on me because of my expectations versus reality, right, of meeting people who whatever you want to call it, admire, inspired by, look up to, compare myself to, you know, would like to be there one day type of people and I'll meet them in person. And my experience of them in person is very different than the assumption I had of who they are. Whatever, that's on me, like 100% on me. I could I could point fingers all day saying they act one way online, they are different in person, but the, point, the fact of the matter is it's on me. But Danielle Laporte, uh, who came on the show, that was like one of the highlights of 2019 because she we had an amazing conversation and, and she was really, really nice, like genuine. You know, she stayed longer than she was scheduled for. We had some really great conversations off offline. You know, she invited me and my partner to come over to a talk and I've shared about this story in a previous episode. But when we arrived, we went on the list and we still managed to get in, but they didn't want us to sit at the front and I ended up sitting at the front because my partner was heavily pregnant. 
And the guy's like, you don't have a golden bracelet. And I was like, we don't need a bracelet. We're, <laughs> we've got invited by Danielle. And Danielle rocked up this packed out event. And she made a beeline for me and for us. And she was like, oh, thank you so much for coming. She sat with us. She chat. And it was really cool. I know it sounds silly, but it was one of those moments where it's kind of like, first of all, that guy who was <laughs> going on about we don't have a gold bracelet was like, well, take that. But it was one of those things where, you know, you, you can be who you are online, both online and offline. That's something I've always aspired to be. And and I can honestly, Hannah Hart, say that if you met me in the street at an event, when I talk here, I'm the same. And that was something I've always promised myself that when I leave the corporate and any employment, which I wish that's a whole conversation, I wish I had the courage to do that beforehand, but I would always try to be myself in no matter what the situation, no matter who I'm with, so that if I'm on or off stage, I'm the same person. Um, we talked about growing a team. That's definitely biggest highlight of 2019 for sure. It's one of the scariest things I've done. Taking on a team when I felt like I didn't and couldn't afford to, um, but getting some help around that, that's been that's been really helpful. Um, yeah, we recorded, I don't, recorded episode number 100. I don't think that was in 2019. I wrote that down, but I think that's wrong. So here, here are a few uh, business stats that I'm, I'm quite um, happy about that I want to share with you. So one of the things is I got an opportunity to speak to 1,157 people across the UK and Europe in 2019. So that was really cool. If you don't know this, my my focus and my sole attention in 2019 towards the end and now 2020 and, and until further notice is as a speaker. And the reason being is that it's, I love it. Uh, people seem to enjoy it and, and need it. People pay for it. And it's where I have the most fun and, and what I'm really good at. So it's my kind of ikigai, sort of genius, whatever you want to call it. And my partner kept on telling me it's mad that you're wasting all your time and doing all this different stuff when you should be going all in on, as a public speaker. You have an unfair competitive advantage. You're really good at it and people enjoy it and you get paid. And I resisted it for whatever reason and I and I kind of went all in. So I've got a new website. You can go and check it out, Um, You know, I got some help with Andrew. We did the uh, speaker reel and then Richard DeCosta did an amazing documentary. That was a highlight, by the way, of 2019. If you haven't seen it yet, called Fuel by Purpose, go to markcruise.com, check it out. Um, you can scroll down. I think it's right at the bottom. It's an amazing piece. Uh, I'll be sharing it on YouTube at some point, but it, uh, in the meantime, it's on my website. But that was like a huge year of just focus of just going all in as a speaker, you know, getting flown out to Germany to go and give talks and absolutely loved it. Um, uh, I've worked with some with some new clients, which were exciting last year, like The Guardian, uh, IPG and YouTube. That was really cool. Uh, one of my favorite things I got to do last year, actually, is to coach um, a European CEO uh, over the course of six months and really help him around how do we translate the vision and mission of the business into a powerful conversation with your people so that you enlarge and align and engage your whole team and then how do you actually become a more compelling and engaging speaker how do you operate not only from the head and be strategic but actually connect from the heart that was by far one of my favorite things I've done in a very long time work-wise because I could see the direct impact of working with a CEO who would then go back into the company and organization and impact hundreds of people's lives. And when he did eventually go out and do his address, the old, old team meetings, the annual all staff meeting, it was unbelievable to see the impact that he had and how much more engaging he was and how much he gave himself permission to be himself, be vulnerable in public. And that was so cool. You know, I also, also to see the people that I've um, work with on a one-to-one and a full-day boot camps, helping them get the story out and clarifying the message to go out and become powerful and inspiring speakers. We gained over 250,000 views on YouTube, which is really cool. Um, we Oh, my TEDx talk, that's it. My TEDx talk reached 780,000 views on YouTube, which feels nuts. Um, so if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. Like that, we can get one more view. <laughs> Um, and my video CV, that's pretty fun, actually. My video CV, if you haven't seen it, back in 2011, I did a, a video CV to try and um, land my dream job. I had a website called a adreamjobwouldbenice.com. I think it might still be running, actually. Um, thanks to the help of Dennis Durochelle, my best mate, and, and another best mate, uh, Mickey Mayu. And uh, that video is still going. The video CV is still going, and it's had, about, it's had over 700,000 views. So that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, we're about to hit 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, which is really cool, actually. It's been a really slow grind for me. Some people get thousands and thousands of subscribers super fast, like Mike Winnett, if you haven't heard about him. He's got an amazing YouTube channel about the Contrepreneur uh, series. 
He's only been active since 2018 on YouTube and he's already got about 40,000 subscribers. Um, but I'm really happy and really excited because 5,000 subscribers for me is a, is a big milestone, big number. So I want to celebrate that. Um, what else has been exciting happening? Yeah, I mean, all this is all this we don't care. Oh yeah, here's, here's cool. Some of, the, some of the results of my clients and people I've worked with, that's been some of my highlights uh, for the year. So um, I worked with Ash, who was on Sky News and he was invited to talk to different conferences on leadership which is really cool. Um, Shaggy, who was on a French television called France 24 to talk about the refugee crisis in Yemen and Syria. Steph Slack, who's a friend who was also a graduate of my Impact Accelerator. Her TEDx talk has reached 650,000 views on YouTube. Um, Billy Quinlan, who came on the show, who you've heard, the founder of Furley. She managed to raise over 1.5 million pounds for a startup, which is unbelievable. Uh, one of my uh, clients is an amazing... Uh, personality. He's on Instagram. He's called Robbie Thompson. If you haven't checked him out, go and, go and check him on Instagram. And he gave, he's been giving talks, more and more talks about the police academies, uh, architects, and he's absolutely crashing it on, on the on the front, on the speaker front, which I'm really, really proud of. Um, Jason Greystone, who graduated from my podcast course, came number one in three different categories. Um, yeah, and I talked about um, how my client uh, ended up going and giving one of the most inspiring talks at his all-hand meeting. So that was really cool. Now, a few random uh, highlights of 2019 and 2020. Um, so obviously, my partner getting uh, finding out finding out my partner was pregnant. That was mad. It was so mad. It was so crazy. So amazing. Um, and then we did one of those. You know, we you know you know how you, you always say like I'm not never going to be one of these people, but we became one of those people where we ended up you know um, creating a gender reveal party with our family and friends. But that was awesome. It was so cool. It was really, really cool. I had no idea what we were going to have, a boy or a girl. And to be honest with you, I was expecting we were going to have a girl. Uh, I absolutely love having a girl, having a daughter. It's so cool. I'm learning so much about myself, growing so much, and teaching me so much. So I was really excited about the idea of having two girls. And then we found out we were having a boy. And, well, there you go. That was super exciting as well, um, to be able to have a boy as well. And and so that was that was the whole journey. Born early December, just before Christmas. On the dot, the due date came at midnight. Boom. I mean, like Swiss clockwork. It was crazy. Um, but it, it was interesting was that we actually gave it a name originally. It didn't sit right after a few, uh, maybe a couple of weeks. And we ended up changing his name. Um, and that told me actually that, you know, it's it's worth to really sit in with yourself, you and your partner, whatever the situation, whether it's your business or your, your, your kids, right? And you've got to make a decision on this. Like you're going to get so much influence and comments and criticisms and suggestions from everyone around you. But ultimately, you have to make that decision. So that, that was pretty cool. I talked about this quickly, but um, I want to make a point about this. So last year, um, basically, I don't know if you've seen a few of my videos uh, professionally made kind of on, on my website. You can go and check them out, markgroose.com. Uh, clicking on the videos pa pa thumbnail. But uh, Richard DeCosta came on and filmed over the years a couple of my kind of talks. Uh, and with the help of Adrian Pang, who came and helped out as well. Uh, and we had this idea like, oh, cool. How can we do like a mini documentary, do like a little video to kind of showcase the story and, and, and the journey of what it's like to be a speaker? And so Rich filmed me in this very uh, studio uh, around Camden at the gym. Uh, we then met up at this conference I was speaking at, the IPG Spring Conference, where I was talking about millennial, how to better lead and engage millennials in the workplace. And he came and filmed some of that. And I had no idea what to expect. And I had no idea what it was going to look like. We had this idea in mind of what it could look like. And he basically sent me this draft and said, hey, here's the, here's the current idea. I think it came out quite well. And I looked at it and I kid you not, I was moved to tears. It sounds so wanky and so self-indulging. But, you know, unless, unless you're in my brain, it's hard to explain this, but it's, it happens that sometimes when I'm on video, not not on this podcast, it's weird because I've kind of grown now so used to speaking just normally. Um, but often when I film myself, like especially like on Instagram and that kind of stuff, I'm kind of, I become this persona that's kind of almost like buffoon, right? Like, hi and welcome to the... And what Rich did, and Adrian helped with the questions, right, is to capture part of me that I don't often see, which was a much more grounded, much more kind of um, reflective... Uh, side of me and in a beautiful short video with footage of me and my daughter footage of me speaking footage of me sharing really what I believe in what I stand for and he captured that so beautifully and since I've shared that uh, short video uh, called Fuel by Purpose people have reached out and said they 
really spoke to them. Some people, again, were moved to tears as well. And that was definitely a highlight. And we're going to be working on more projects this year. And I'm really excited about that. There's a new video that I'm releasing this week, I think, um, of a talk I gave at Samsung with uh, in collaboration with The Guardian that Rich filmed, which is really cool as well. So I'm really excited about that. He also filmed one at the YouTube. Um, but that was cool. The the uh, other big thing I want to talk about is the speaker reel. Oh my gosh. So for years, I've been thinking about doing a speaker reel. For those of you who are interested in doing more public speaking, for those of you who are interested in, in building your profile, putting yourself out there more, uh, having a speaker reel really helps. And wanting to create one was something on my agenda, my to-do list for so long. And you know, through back and forth collecting footage from everyone and then getting Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Miller um, to edit it and turn it into magic. It was a long process, process, lengthy process. We got it. And I think it looks pretty good. If you can go and check it out, it's on my website, markroos.com. You can go and, and have a look at it. I think it's one of the first videos you see. You can also see it on the video thumbnail um, at the top. But, you know, and enabled to kind of launch the new website, which was really, really cool. Um, I'm going to try and speed this up because there's so much stuff actually I could, I could talk about. Oh, yeah, a few things I've learned last year. One of them is, you know, talk about, you know, things that you've learned. I actually agreed to giving two talks on the same day, which I, I wouldn't do again. It was too stressful for me having to change the toilets because um, they were filmed at the same event. They wanted me to do like a closing keynote and a mid-morning session. So that was a learning of like, okay, won't do that because you've got to prepare two whole talks. Your brain's going to be completely divided into two different sections. Um, a surprise last year, another pleasant surprise was Mary Forleo. My partner brought me to go and see her live. Um, I'm angry at myself because we could have got her on the show. I had an in, which I didn't think about, but it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get her on the show uh, at some point, maybe in the future. But seeing her live was interesting. I love the way that she worked a crowd and how she was making the crowd engaged. So what you might not know about this, and this is a bit like a confession kind of episode, uh, unzipping my brain, is that when I go to events like that, my attention is not so much on what is necessarily being said by the person. It's I observe the audience, how are people responding. I look at how people engage. I, I try and distill the formulas and the techniques and the arcs and the frameworks that people use in order to engage people like i'm just fascinated by like the arts of connecting from stage um i found that fascinating and, and what was interesting is that turns out i read mary forleo's book um everything is figureoutable which is actually really good it's a back to basic kind of coaching book i enjoyed it um is is that her whole talk was just a book when i read the book it was like oh my god it was like listening back to her on stage so she had the same almost verbatim stories that in a book that she just said online, but it's, she made it sound so natural. Um, so that was really cool. So I had a weird, this is an interesting one. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is going to become the, the foundation of a story I'll be sharing at some point. Um, so just to give you a bit of background, I went to an event, I think it was in September last year, maybe. And, um, and I went to go and see Simon Sinek live because he was releasing his, well, he was in the middle of releasing his book called The Infinity Game, I think, something like that. Um, the infinite, infinite or infinite game, uh, and we're organised by How to Academy, and I went to go and see him, and I remember when the when when his talk started, <laughs> uh, when his talk started, I remember going, oh no, I've heard this. It's like I'd heard about seventy to eighty percent of all the content he'd said on stage because I, you know, I really enjoy kind of his work and his style, and I consume a lot of his content, so. But it actually gave me the gift of understanding that you don't have to reinvent the wheel and that it's okay to have the same talk and deliver the same content. I did like, there was a few things I learned for sure, which was quite cool, interesting and, and new. And at the end, there was a Q&A session and I went up and I asked him a couple of questions, which were really cool. And I appreciate the answers. And I, and I there was this weird thing where um, this friend of mine was organizing an event in Greece who where I'm speaking at, um, basically had asked me to... To, to say if I could ask him if he could go and speak in Greece because they wanted to book him. I think the fees were just way above budget. Uh, but at the end of my talk, I said, oh, by the way, I think we're speaking both at the same event. And he was like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to Greece. It was a bit awkward. But anyway, the reason I'm saying that, that that's the kind of background story. Fast forward to, I think maybe, I forgot what it was, maybe earlier this year. I don't even remember. I, sh I shouldn't know about this. Um, but I'm walking down the street where I live in my neighborhood and I walk in front of my local coffee shop. I'm on the phone to my grandmother. And who do I see queuing for a coffee? Simon Sinek. And so I go, Granny, I'm gonna have to gonna have to call you back. 
<laughs> so I hang up and it was a bit awkward. I didn't know what to do. I went in there, um, kind of like, hey, um, Simon Sinek, right? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it definitely was one of those things like, oh, what do you want? You know, and we had a chat and, you know, and I totally bottled it is the honest truth. Um, he asked me, like, what do you do? And I went into some <laughs> verbal diarrhea and and I walked away feeling down. If I'm honest, I walked away feeling like, ah. Oh. And then what I realized is that I'm, I'm never going to let an opportunity like that pass again where instead of trying to say what I do, try to explain the problem I'm trying to solve. And it was a great catalyst actually for me and a reality check because, you know, I would have loved to get him on the show. I even Instagram DM'd him afterwards and never got a response. All that stuff he's sending me, me, I never got a response. Of course not. But it was one of those moments where you get an opportunity and you only get these small windows of opportunity to tell, to tell people what you're trying to do in the world and, 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 and what problem you're trying to solve. And I think that that would have been the answer I wish I could go back to. Like if I could go back to him now and he asked me that question, what do you do? I wouldn't say, oh, you know, I speak in companies and, uh, you know, I'd say I'm on a mission to eradicate career misery in the workplace because I believe we can all create a world in which our kids can go to work. And we don't have to fear that they'll be mistreated and that they'll be led with compassion and, and, and courage. Um, that would have been a conversation I would have wanted to have with him as opposed to gone down this weird kind of almost, you know, it was almost like an infant child mode compared to adult parent. It was bizarre, put him on a pedestal. But I'd love to, I'd love to connect with Simon Sinek and, and actually have a first conversation with him. Um, okay, I'm going to wrap it up. What's one thing I want to talk to you about? Oh, yes, this is awesome. Um, last year, towards the end of last year, yeah, I launched my first online masterclass, which felt really cool. Felt really cool because it was something I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, I've been asked by so many people questions about how to launch a podcast, how to grow a podcast. And there's all the technical stuff aspect of podcasting, which I think you can get so much already free available help online, although it is quite scattered and, and varied. But the one thing I realized was that what most people struggle with is the internal struggle of launching a podcast, the um, feeling of inadequacy, the feeling of it's all being said, the feeling of who cares, the feeling of all those things that nobody will tell you out loud or that you will say out loud. And so I wanted to address that. And so I did a, a live workshop, which I filmed and then um, repurposed online as a masterclass. And it's been amazing actually to see graduates go through that, people launching their podcast, getting tweets, getting tagged and posts, all that stuff. Um, but I'll, the honest truth, why I'm also very excited about that is I was able to make a bit of income, not a lot, not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here. You know, that's a whole other conversation about how tired I am of people just telling you how you can make six figures in six days and how you can get a funnel and get millions of, you know, I'm so tired of that. Like we need to have another, that's another episode, another conversation. But I was able to make a bit of money in December without having to actually physically be there while I could focus on being at home and helping out with the kids, um, I was able to make a bit of money. And that was really cool to have something. And, and you know, if you're interested in launching a podcast, like just genuinely wholeheartedly believe this program is amazing. I poured so much into it. We put so much time into producing it. It looks great. People have been enjoying it. So go and check it out. Um, you can go and check it out. I think it's on theunconventions.com. Just click on online course. It'll take you there. Um, look, there's so many more stuff that I could go on about, but I'm not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and, and bring it home. But here's the thing. One of the reasons why I wanted to record this and, and talk to you, like, first of all, let me know, you know, in the comments, whether that's in the YouTube section or replying to my email if you're on my newsletter or letting me know on any kind of social media platform if you enjoy this kind of format um, uh, or if you thought it was a total waste of time, that's totally cool too, is that it, it, it so there's been a combination of things. I think if you know anything about me, if you've seen my TEDx talk, then you'll know that one of the things I try and do is I try and be real to my best of ability. Um, I try and be honest. I try and really minimize as much as possible that what I call the the authenticity gap between who I am and how I show up in the world. And I do realize that I, uh, I sometimes unconsciously and unwillingly will portray a certain image of myself of where I am and how well I'm doing versus how I'm feeling. And I think we all feel that to a certain degree and it's benchmarks, right? So, um, one of the things that was been amazing, actually looking back at my uh, four years of starting my business, what I hadn't realized is, you know, if I looked at how much money I'm making, I'm no way near where I would want to be, where, where I feel I should be, all this stuff. However, I've had a 35% growth year on year. That's a fact, right? Like when I look at my number, 
year on year, 35% growth. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, every year I've grown, even though it's not been that massive, it's been steady. And last this year is definitely going to be the biggest year I've had to date. Next year will be even bigger, all this stuff. But, you know, ask me that question that, you know, what's the sake of growing for the sake of growing? And that's been like a big question on my mind, for sure. And, and the reason why I'm bringing all this up is that one thing that I wasn't quite ready is just how hard it would be to try and keep up the podcast while building the business, while also taking care of a small young family. Um, we've got two kids under three now, and we don't have any family around. Um, we don't have any support, really, around. Um, and it's and it's tough. It is tough. Uh, it's tough because, you know, you're sleep deprived. You're, you're feeling like it never ends. Um, you feel like you're failing. I feel like I felt like as a dad, like I wish I could be more present. I wish I could be more there even when I'm there, right? Because I'm thinking about all the different stuff that needs to be done. And you've, you, it's made me, forced me to ask myself difficult questions. Questions such as, should I continue this podcast? Does it make sense for me to continue this podcast? I've loved doing this podcast. I've enjoyed doing this podcast. It's going to be five years this year. But is this sustainable? You know, I spend a lot of money on this podcast. It costs me a lot of money. Both time and money. Resources, energy, mental, all that stuff. And I don't really make any money. I don't definitely don't break even. Um, and, you know, and I appreciate all of you who support by going over and, and buying my online product of, of the podcast. But it's one of those things where I've had to reflect. And, and one of the other reasons why I haven't actually recorded this in a long time, a podcast in a long time, because I don't, I don't currently know the answer to that. I generally don't. Um, I, I, I'm sitting on it and I'm thinking about it. And it's a hard one. It's a really hard, difficult uh, conversation to have myself around do I pause this podcast until further notice so I can focus on building my business and 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 just getting the message out there and speaking more? Or do I find a way to make it work? And I'll let you know when I figure that answer out. Um, because one thing, and I want to finish on this note, um, that, you know, the, 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 if, you could, if you could have a, a, a more, almost like a scan what's been going on lately for me is this feeling of out of my integrity which is one of my key core values integrity and being out of my integrity with different aspects of my life um but in particular with this idea that i feel that i'm spending way too much time in social media spending way too much time just mindlessly scrolling on instagram and checking my phone you know i looked at my stats the other day um at the peak of last week, I checked my phone 141 times and I'm spending five and a half hours a day on my phone. That's like on average, it worked out about 30 hours a week on my phone. And I, that's not okay. That's that's not right. And I know that, you know, I've been a big fan and a big ambassador and a big, you know, um, yeah, like I guess message carrier of that social media is great because you can get your message out there, you can build connections, and I believe all those things. But as Bernie Brown said, social media is like fire. It can either cook your food, burn your barn down. And I've come to that point where I'm actually generally thinking of just hitting pause on everything, deleting every app off my phone, maybe keeping just a YouTube channel, maybe just LinkedIn, I don't know yet. Um, and just to be able to reset a little bit. And I'll tell you why. Like if you listen to this and going like, oh, that's a bit... The reason being is when you become a parent, and if you are a parent, you'll probably relate to this, and if you're not, you, you, you can still relate to it in somehow, hopefully. When you become a parent, you start realizing things that matter, and you're very accustomed to people telling you in an old age, saying, like, it goes by so fast. Before you know it, this will all be over. They'll be grown-ups and leaving the house, and you'll never get these moments again. And it forces you to redefine your definition of success. What does success mean to you? Why have you put so much importance to status, wealth, uh, business success, all those things? And why have you put so little attention to the things that matters most? Things like spending more time with your kids, being more present when you're there. And I personally have struggled with this internal battle of wanting to be present and always constantly being distracted. I'm not proud of this and 
you know, maybe this is a whole conversation for another conversation. But, you know, when I'm playing with my kids, I'm thinking, oh, no, I need to re reply back to someone on WhatsApp. I need to go and check that email. How did I get that contract through? Did my invoice get paid? All these things. And I believe that at its core, like anything where you have addictive behavior, where you feel like it gets in the way of your relationships and it's costing you both the relationship to self, relationship to others, it's time to reflect and pause. And, you know, anyone who's dealt with alcohol problems or drug addictive behavior in some way will tell you, sure, willpower is one thing and you can argue all that, but put yourself in a, in a situation where you're going to succeed um, so that you feel stronger and better so that you can cope with it better. And, and I think that for me means pulling the plug on social media and giving my phone a rest, if I'm honest. And it feels scary because the bigger question I have is, can you build a successful, sustainable, impactful business without being on social media? And I've been, <laughs> and I've been saying the opposite, you know, over the last few years that, you know, you need, you need to be on social media in order to do that. So it's a big question, a question I'm going to leave you with. I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. Let me know in the comments below if you, if you think it's possible. Um, and what, what you'd like to see this direction take me in. I'd love to, I'm just curious, generally curious about where, where you'd like to see this go. So there we have it. I went on a ramble and many more things, but I want to say a huge thank you to you. Genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for giving up some of your time. Thank you for sharing this with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you for giving this a thumbs up on YouTube. Thank you for subscribing and rating this on iTunes. Thank you for subscribing to my YouTube channel. January, January, January. Thank you. That it, it amazes me that anyone listens to this. Like, as much as I would love for the numbers to be like a gazillion more in order to feel like this is making a difference to people's lives, I appreciate every single one of you. And I want you to know that. And if decide to continue this podcast then you'll be the first to know about it and we'll go on on season 15 and if it decide to pause you'll you'll get to know about that too but i just want to be real with you and i think there's there's too much bravado and chest puffing and masks up and faking in the world that we don't need that that's my that's my personal belief so i love you i appreciate you and let me know how you're getting along let me know if this was valuable any kind of way anything you learn reach out you know where i'm at and we don't know for how long so make sure you reach out until you can until next time thank you i appreciate you and have yourself an amazing week ahead see you soon